All right, everybody, welcome back in. Fresh off Whitney weekend, where me and my guests lost $400. Um, who would have thought what happened happened? But we made we, we made great memories, isn't that right? Um, Whitney weekend, I had a good weekend, so don't let me in with you guys, please. Oh, okay. Uh, back at it again, Degenerate Hours Part Dose. American Athletic Conference, the AAC. It is a Conference USA AAC mashup uh, this year. It's actually a free-for-all. It is Thunderdome. We don't know who's going to win. Can't wait to get into it. We're going to jump into it with our main man, Mr. Thursday Night, the whole effing show, the Electric Factory, JVD, John Van Dyne, sir. After after a rowdy fun belt conversation, I mean you're you're just ready to go. Um, absolutely, fun belt was fun, but the AAC is going to be better. The top half of the AAC is going to be real, real solid this year. Yeah, it's going to be a death match. Uh, the bottom half of the AAC is also going to be a death match. Uh, a race to obscurity. We'll start off with Tulsa. Um, I, it's not even worth giving these over-under totals because we're just going to say under just on principle. But, my God, nine returning starters off a of 5-7 and seven team, uh, first-year head coach coming in, uh, Kevin Wilson. You, was it, He was the old coach at Indiana, correct? Indiana, yeah. Yeah, that worked out great. Um, <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, actually, I think he had one decent year in Indiana, but that's about it. He might have had um... – uh, who's the quarterback of Washington right now? He's killing it. Did he not have? Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't have Penix because he got. I'm looking Penix at it right now. He he uh he got fired in 16. Okay, so, yeah, I can't remember. He was um, he was not great. I I have no idea what to make of this team. Uh, I I guess Braylon Braxton is somewhat interesting, but you, you it's a giant question mark as to what he has around him. Uh, in front of him and backing him up. Uh, he's a guy who I think would have been better served with as much tape as he got last year after Davis Brin got uh, pulled moving. But yeah, uh, under for me on the Golden Hurricanes. They got hit by transfers. The defense is not going to be great. I think they got to figure out the four guys coming back, maybe five. Uh, I do like Braxton. I that's funny enough, but uh, this is not going to be a good football team. It's going to be a bottom half of the AC. They're not going to finish last, but yeah, you know, it's not going to be. It's not going to be very good for them. It'll be definitely towards the bottom. Definitely. USF coming back at you off a one in eleven season. Four returners on offense. I always forget Bohannon's here as a quarterback still. Um. Nine returning starters on defense for a defense that averaged like 38 points a game given up. Um, gosh, this team is so far away. Like maybe, maybe you get two wins. I am personally hoping for more because I want Alex Golish to thrive at USF. But yeah, this is not going to be a good first year for him. He's going to be installing the, you know, the Tennessee type of offense. And while 
Bohannon probably isn't that bad. I don't see them winning many games this year. You know, this that offense, you start having three and outs and, you know, you're punting the ball back within 30 seconds. The defense isn't going to be very good this year for them. It's going to be tough to see them winning many games. And I think that this type of offense that Golish is going to bring from Tennessee is going to wear that defense down early and often. Can we bet – can we bet USF Western Kentucky over right now? Can we just do that? I wish we could because I would certainly – I don't care what the number would be. I mean, you'd have to put it in the 90s for me to not do it. I, I f- this is going to be an automatic play as soon as it comes out um, where it, I think I think this number probably comes out at 63, 64. And this is very easily a 48-24 type game. There is just going to be so many possessions in that game. So I many. mean, it's it, most possessions are going to be done within three minutes. Hey, uh, uh, Austin that's... Reed likes to put numbers up. I'll say that. Yeah, and both teams are moving as fast as they can. So even the scoring drives, most of them are going to take under three minutes. The non-scoring drives will definitely be under three minutes. Another dumpster fire, Biff Pudgy, uh, Charlotte 49ers, first-year head coach. Yeah, I called him Pudgy because he can go straight down. He's a piece of shit. Um, the win total is at two and a half. I, I don't Why even know, I, I don't even know that you could bet it. Like, who the hell knows what this team is? Uh, like no, I, I don't. I the don't. Think... going to finish last, and honestly, I don't even have much to say about them. They're going to finish 14th in a conference of 14, and it I probably think won't. South Carolina be. State's supposed to be like okay. Like I, I think they struggle even in that game. Oh, you know who you can ask about that? Yes, yes, I have to ask him. Let's uh, speaking of first year QBs, uh, Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer taking over UAB. Um, this is, you know, it, I mean, historically, uh, a real power program. And who was the coach that left? It was. Um, oh, man. He had so many good years to do. Gosh, he had to leave. I can't remember. Yeah. He blocked, uh, he blocked Bobcat on Twitter. Yeah, forget his name. Um, it'll come. Uh, Bill, Bill Clark. Bill Clark. Yeah, Bill yeah, Clark. Bill Clark. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank he you. blocked. He blocked Bobcat. Uh, which is amazing for so many different reasons. Only seven returning starters. Uh, this is a team that struggled to get to seven and six. I mean, and struggled. Um. I I don't. I just I, think I, in general that this is going to be a hire that is a complete disaster. I think, yeah, in time, yeah. I don't know how Trent Dilfer fits with North Alabama and being able to recruit. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, he's in the right geographic area, so maybe something happens. But, yeah, I'm – I'm first year is going to certainly be a rebuilding year. You lose Dylan Hopkins. You lose Dwayne McBride. You lose, I think, three or four of your starting offensive linemen. You lose most of your key players on defense. Uh, 
this is going to be a nightmare season for them. It's going to, they're going to battle Charlotte for last. And because of the way the schedule sets up, I actually don't even think they play Charlotte. Let's see here. Do they? No, they don't play Charlotte. That's a shame. I would have liked to see. Yeah, you get, the, a, you get a lot of those, you know, because without the divisions now, um, you're not going to get a, there's going to be a lot of teams, obviously, not playing teams because it's 14, uh, 14 team conference. So. I, I, this team is wildly interesting to me. Um, a team coming back, returning seven starters on defense, even though I don't know that they even played defense last year. Rice, uh, coming back, eight starters return, and you had JT Daniels. And I'm, is it, do you think with JT Daniels, with him, it's just a case of waters finally meeting its level? Yes, 100%. Yes. I, I feel like this team, now, now they have a tough schedule, and I want to go over this. At Texas, that's a loss. I'm not sold that Houston's a loss. I'll mark it as a loss, but I, I, I'll let you have that. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm good with it, but I'm just saying I'm not sold on the Cougars this year. Texas Southern, USF, East Carolina, Connecticut, Tulsa. You can win four of those. Tulane, SMU, UTSA, you're probably not winning. Charlotte, you can't. I, I think there is a – I could foresee this team getting the six wins and being electric uh, for the scoreboards because – uh, I mean, if you don't think they're scoring points in the in the Houston Rice game, I I, I got something else for you. So my, my biggest problem is, and I understand that they returned seven starters on defense, but it is a defense that gave up thirty five. Oh, it's horrific! So, oh, it's horrific! Like, yeah, just just because you return seven guys doesn't doesn't always translate to success. Uh, you gave up a lot of points last year. I don't foresee much change in that. I you're gonna call me crazy for this, and I'm gonna hear it. Uh, I, one of the sneaky teams in the group of five is coming up next, and that is the ooh ooh of Temple, I baby. Knew, I knew you were gonna be in on Temple. I just I, knew it. I'm kind of in on Temple. You're not kind of in on Temple. You I'm just made in hours. on Temple. You're all the way in. I I'm very interested to see what the opening line is against Akron. I'm that I'm that in on Temple. Wait, do they not have that? That's, that know. line has to be out. I did not see it. I did not see. It. You looked that up. Uh, I'll tell you why. I'm interested. Oh, it's already right. I mean, yeah, ten and a half. They're they're given ten and a half. Well, of course they're out. Yeah, they're given ten and a half. So I uh, I think I bet that when they were given nine. For some reason, I've already put bets in, folks. Sorry. Um, On Temple, by the way. That's, yeah, yeah. So, well, at least you did say at the top that this was degeneracy part two. So it's very very accurate. Yeah. So you got to figure they easily start off the year three and zero. Oh. Um. They got some tough games, but uh, I, I think this I think Temple could actually go bowling for like the first time in like four years. It is it's not that I dislike this Temple team. I, I 
I actually agree with you. I do think that they can go bowling. Um, man. You know they're starting off the arena. I, I do. I agree with that. You beat Akron. You, <laughs> you beat <laughs> Rutgers because, of course, you are. <laughs> oh, I didn't see. I misread that. I apologize. Uh, well, one game's up in the air. Three, okay. 3-0 is up in the air. My apologies. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's just say for argument's sake they lose to Rutgers. It's wild that Miami's coming up to Temple, by the way. I think that's phenomenal. Just a throwback uh, Big East game. Okay, so you beat Akron, you beat Norfolk State. Yeah, you should beat Tulsa. I think you lose to UTSA. On the road at North Texas is going to be a tough game. At, at home against SMU will be a fun game, but a tough game. Uh, I do think you beat Navy. South Florida is no good. I think you win that one easy. Uh, UAB win easy. Memphis will be tough. Uh, it's going to be that's a tough schedule. I, I really like what I saw out of E.J. Warner. I mean, this is a defense that's not bad. It, I think this defense is relatively like – and I know the under is at – the under is at minus 115 right now, five and a half. I just think there's a, enough talent here. Um, All right, so it's a defense that gave up, what, over 30 points in the AAC? They gave up like 200 yards a game on the ground, and they lost their best edge rusher. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Roll it back. You give up 23 to Cincy. You're giving up 27 to a tough Navy team. Granted, 27 to Tulsa. You're giving up 16 to Rudiger's. Um, 30 to a good Duke team. 24 against Memphis. I mean, yes, there's blowouts in there. Granted, I mean, it is Temple, but looking at this at this defense and the progression that I think they will make on offense, I I think EJ Warner's capable. I think he's I like capable. EJ Warner. Um, I like EJ. I don't disagree with you there. I don't trust their offense enough. It's fair. It's a fair criticism. But when when they play play teams, when they're, they're going to get pummeled by the good teams, but the teams that are at their level or below, I think they, they play aggressively. And really you look at that Navy game, they should have beat Navy. That game went to OT. Um, They lost, they lost some, I I it, I'm sketchy and I'm hesitant to put money behind Temple, but fuck it, I'm doing it. Uh, you know, I'm, I guess my problem is like when I'm looking at the schedule. Um, if you count Rutgers as a loss, which I I'm not, I'm doing, but I I don't think that you just automatically write that in. You lose the Rutgers, you lose the Miami, you lose the UTSA, you lose to SMU, and you lose to Memphis. That's already five. Which means you have to, you know, that's there's only seven games left now. A lot of those games I do like them in, but you have to go on the road to Tulsa, on the road to North Texas. Navy's a tough game, uh, so it's it's going to be tight. The Mean Green of North Texas, Seth Ottrell is finally gone. 
coming off a seven and seven season, how they got that, I'll never know. Uh, 15 returning starters. Here's a team I have nothing, I, I, I have no idea what to do with. Um, I, I know the offensive line should be pretty solid. They're running situation. I mean, this team can run the ball. Uh, you're returning Adai, who's a monster. Uh, and Chandler Rogers comes in from ULM, um, a guy who has had moments of looking competent but never strung it together, which I don't know how far off from Asanani is from the yeah, same statement that. and the sentiment. Um, right, I agree. This defense, however, I don't know. You're you're coming back with seven starters. What, what's your take on the defense? Because their their main uh, D end uh, Richards is back. I don't think they, they lose necessarily. Katie Davis. Yeah, they lose Katie Davis, which is tough. I mean, that guy he was he was everywhere around the field. Just another defense that gave up a lot of yards, but you get eight starters. I think it's eight starters back. Um, it might be seven. I honestly can't remember. But you get you do get obviously the bulk of your defense back. Um, it'll be shoring up the the run defense. They give up too many game too many yards on the ground per game. I think if you can if they can shore that up, if the D line can step up, then uh, I think they're going to be better. But it's going to be tough to break in Chandler Rogers and also get that defense into shape. Um, I like them as a middle-of-the-pack team in the AAC, but nothing more. Uh, Navy. Navy. Go Army. Um, but Navy... God, Navy's going to be really interesting this year without uh, Nia Mopololo. Yes. Uh, Brian Newberry takes over. Um I know they're still keeping the option somewhat, but obviously they're going to be introducing more traditional offense. This, I, I'll be curious this to year, see how the offensive line handles that. This year, I, I, I mean, that's great. When's the last time that you have ever heard of a team shifting, trying to make the move from triple option to – a more yeah, it never goes well. It's um, never going to happen. You have to run the option. Everywhere. Yeah, the main reason you have to run the option is that, like PT tests are a thing, and like you can't have three hundred and twenty pound dudes on your offensive line. No, and that's can't. the thing. Like you can't run. They're not. They're going to try to run more traditional formations, and it's just going to go poorly because they're not physical enough up front, and they can't be. <laughs> They're almost not allowed to be more physical up front. I don't have a size for that. August 26th, they open up against no, Notre Dame in Ireland. In Ireland, yeah. I, I it's, a, it's a 20 point spread. It's hard not to think about Notre Dame there. I honest to God, you're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. It is really hard for me to not think that Notre Dame wins this game 38. 13 or something. I wish they had one more. I wish they had, like, I wish Notre Dame had one warm up game to get um, uh, the Wake Forest kid uh, a game. But yeah, I, I think, well, I think they still put up points. 
Yeah, Hartman. I think Hartman yeah, is going to fit in you. just fine. No, I do. I do too. I don't think. I don't think there's going to be any problems as far as him uh, getting used to it. It's just it's a weird. You know, you're going to Ireland. It's your first start. You know, you're in a new offense. But even with all that being said, I think the Notre Dame defense is just going to annihilate me. East Carolina, a team that we have backed a couple times, quite a few times the last couple of years. I know you and me have talked about the the Pirates before extensively. I don't know that there's another team who's lost more offensively. It's hard. Or, or, or lost more players that meant something. 2,000-yard yeah. receivers, Allers, who was a – just a rock, a foundational rock, a guy who could sling it, and Keaton Mitchell, who's a who's a fourteen hundred yard rusher. Um, I I don't know how you replace that. The defense is solid enough, you know. They lose five starters, but I I think this team struggles to get the four wins. Yeah, and you know the other thing about this is we talked about the skill positions, but they lost almost all their entire offensive line too. And there is nothing on offense that's really coming back to them. And that's that was an offense that was, you know, was good. They averaged over 30 points a game. Like you said, 2,000-yard receivers. Colton Aylers was – or Holton Aylers, sorry. Holton Aylers was, uh, was very good. And now you go to – it's either what, Garcia or Flynn uh, is going to be the starter there with no offensive line. The skill players are depleted. And you can't rely on defense there. There's, it's, it's not going to work. It, it, Michigan's going to beat them by 40. I don't disagree with you. Let, let's head into the top of the uh, AAC here. Good. We have a surprise team. Is this your surprise team? The uh, what are talking about? The other out. No, no, this is not my okay. – I don't have a surprise team. It wasn't a surprise team. I just – I have a certain pick that I like, uh, but no, it is not FAU. This is, this is my play. Todd Herman takes over. This is his first season. He inherits a defense that I think is extremely competent and capable, returns all of them. Um. I think they improve, and when you're playing uh, East Carolinas and Charlottes and Tulsa's, you're going to look like a pretty solid defense. I've always been a Casey Thompson believer, and I think last year he backed it up. He was really good for Nebraska. Uh, I think Nebraska lost for other reasons. They got a 1,000-yard rusher coming back. Um uh, still a very solid O-line um, for, for, for guys who, who start. A, a, an okay wide receiving core, but really it's the continuity and defense and the fact that I, I get Nikosi Perry and what he brought, but I think you get a huge coaching upgrade. And That's honestly, the for me. Uh, it, there's a there's a quarterback upgrade to me too, because I, I like Casey Thompson more so than Nikosi Perry, but that's just me. This is my sleeper team. I, I think 
it sets up perfectly for him. You get UTSA at home. You get Tulane at home. All those other games, they're probably going to be favored in. I, it's like they got a red carpet to the championship game. Um, partially. Uh, you still do have to play both UTSA and Tulane. I do like this team as well. I completely agree with you about Casey Thompson. I think Tom Herman, going back to a smaller school, I think he's going to be very good there, FAU. Um, the defense, it has to improve, um, but I, I think it will. They have uh, – they got Young in from Ole Miss. Uh, they returned six starters. So I, I do think that the, the defense has room to improve, certainly. And, you, like you said, you get uh, the two big dogs at home, and everyone else on that schedule is very beatable as far as the conference goes. They do have the, the game against Clemson. It's not obviously going to be very fun. I like them. I mean, and if you get some fun belt division winner prices, I – I'd put a few shekels on Florida Atlantic. Let's go to yeah. Memphis. Talk the Tigers. Um, team coming off seven and six record. Twelve returners, uh, six on each side of the ball. Seth Hennigan's back for his seventy fourth year at quarterback here for Memphis. Um, at least, at least his seventy fourth year. No, no, he they've literally got to replace their entire receiving core. And yeah. a team that's never really been known for being defensive stalwarts. Yet again, you got to fill five starter positions. I know there's a lot of people bullish on this Memphis team. I don't necessarily see it because Memphis is going to Memphis. I think Ryan Silverfield is an okay coach, not a good coach. He, he lost a lot of close games, and I guess that's the real buy-in on this team, John, is that, hey, they lost a whole bunch of really close games last year, so it's got to go better this year, right? I, I don't know if I totally believe that with them. This is a team I do not I, – I never I... have a pulse on. I would buy it if you're returning the same team from the year before, but okay. So you lose a lot of close games with a, with a good team. And now in my estimation, you have not as good of a team. I I don't. Uh, okay. The receiving core is for, especially for their offense is really going to hurt. You have to have guys come in and step up immediately. I mean, there's no time to, settle in and figure out who's going to play what role on the outside. They have to figure out who the playmakers are instantly. And I'm not sure that they even have any out there. Um, the defense gave up too many points. I think the biggest thing for me is they're going to have to rely on too many transfers on defense. And I, I'm not a big fan of that. I think you have transfers at, might be all three levels. I know. I know linebacker and secondary. They have transfers coming in, so I, I'm not. I'm not sold on defenses that have to rely on too much new personnel. Um, I'm really hoping your your uh, surprise team is the one coming up right now. My favorite team in the AAC every year and always and forever, the Green Wave of Tulane. 
I love this team. Oh. Always have. I'm a Sean King guy. Represent. Uh, throwback Tulane. In what way would Tulane be a surprise? I think they would actually be a surprise this year because of what they lost. I don't think you lose a guy like Taji Spears and just go, oh, everything's good to go. Um, you lose your top two wideouts. You lost some starters on the O-line. Um, I believe, didn't they lose like a second team, first team uh, AAC O-lineman? Um, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they had one of the best O-lines. In the conference, and you, no you have, yeah, you know, Dorian Williams is, is, you know, he was their big stalwart linebacker, a guy like, like we have mentioned, he's everywhere on the field. Uh, 132. Yeah, that, that linebacking core in general was just, it was dynamic. Um, they lose those guys, you lose three starters on defense for a defense that's. That really did struggle most of the year last year. Um, it just got covered up because Taji Spears would have, I mean, go back and watch him, not only in the running game, but in the passing game. He was dynamic and a big help for him. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, for sure. He built him out of a lot of situations. Uh, he had, what was it, 1,500 yards rushing? And I'm not even sure. No, I'm sorry. Uh, was it fifteen hundred total? I, I mean, the guy, the guy was all over the field. He was absolutely. I think he had eighteen hundred total yards and uh, twenty-one yeah. touchdowns. That's a lot of production. I mean, You're not getting that production. Also, and I don't know that think, this is a team that can afford to lose that production, even if you get sixty percent of it. I don't know. I don't know how you make the rest of it up. It's going to be tough. Uh, Michael Pratt is obviously. What, he's either phenomenal. the first he, or second best quarterback in the league. I he's a guy that strikes me as a guy that deserves a look. He might be a backup in the NFL or whatever, but he's a guy that he just keeps going. He's a gamer, man. Yeah, I'll be curious if he stays healthy. He's going to have a little bit less of an offensive line to work behind this year. He's going to take a few more hits, I think. Um, you know, he's he runs the ball a decent bit, so it will be. There will be some self-preservation on his end instead of instead of trying to get those extra yards, get down, get out of bounds. Well, there ha- there has to be because they don't. <laughs> it's South Alabama, then Mississippi, both home games, both. That's your season right there. I think if you go one and one in those two games, um, you set yourself up for a repeat performance. Now, the end of the season, uh. At Florida Atlantic, UTSA at home. I mean, it, 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 as long as Pratt stays healthy, I mean, this team, it could be like last year where you're coming down right to those last week or two. But I, I don't know, man. I, I look at this team and I just go, I, I don't know. Maybe last year they caught Magic in a bottle and that was great and they got a lot of new fans, but I just don't think they'll make it to the end. I don't think the two-lane UTSA game at the very end of the year will decide who goes to the title game. They don't have they don't have um, divisions this year, but it you know if it does, that's going to be a really exciting game. 
Um, but I, I actually tend to agree with you. I, I don't think that Tulane makes the title game, but I mean, if they did, also wouldn't be surprised. I just think they have too much to overcome. All righty. Uh, let's look up their win total. Nine and a half. That's a little yeah. high. I would I would lean under nine and a half. Vegas is as well, minus 134. I would almost bet under nine and a half just straight up. I would for sure lean under nine and a half. There's no question. I don't, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> they're going to lose a game, I feel like, that they shouldn't lose at some point this year. I just don't think they can continue from the pace of last year. Let's, uh, I don't understand this. And SMU, the Mustangs, Brett Lashley. About time we got to my team. Okay. Sell me on why Preston Stone is automatically going to come in and replicate Tanner Mordecai. I am not going to sell you on Preston Stone. What I'm going to sell you on is a schedule that doesn't include Tulane, UTSA, or Florida Atlantic. When you don't have to play possibly the three best teams in the conference, that is a huge leg up on everybody else. Now, I do like Preston Stone. I'll say that. But they their schedule, you talked about, um, was it FAU had the, you know, the red carpet all the way to the title game? I think SMU does. You know, Florida Atlantic has to play those teams. SMU just gets to skip right on past. Here's my, here's my big issue. And I think there's two games at the very end of the season that are trip-up games. Memphis almost beat them in, uh, in Dallas last year. Lost by three. Now you got to travel to Memphis. Essentially the same teams. You got Navy, who should have beat you last year, should have beat SMU. Um, I think SMU got a late score in that game because I actually bet Navy. Go Army. Um, (laughs) But I think think this Navy team, Navy, I think by the end of the year, is back to running primarily option with a trick play here and there. But Navy tends to trip up the same teams over and over again. I I could easily see them coming in one loss. But again, like you said, if you're going to the AAC championship game and you're playing a team that remotely plays any sort of defense, I think SMU could get tripped up real easy. SMU is going to be 8-2 and two heading into Memphis. Whether they win that Memphis game or not, I don't know. But they lose to Oklahoma. They lose to TCU. And they beat everybody else that precedes them, that precedes Memphis. And I don't think they lose the Navy at home. I think Navy in this first year with um, without Mia Makalolo and integrating traditional formations, I don't see them as a threat to beat SMU. I think SMU making the title game comes down to that Memphis game, period. Let's head to the defending, the reigning. Conference USA champion, UTSA Roadrunners. It's been a long time since a conference champion has jumped to another league. 
after winning, it's kind of like that that doesn't happen every year. Uh, although it might, the way college football's had. Um, UTSA, you, they were poised and ready to go and be just, I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to lay a, a vig to, to take them to win the conference. But then Zakari Franklin leaves. They still got wideouts. Frank Harris, we know what he's going to be. They replaced Sincere McCormick at running back. The offensive line is still solid as hell. The defense leaves a lot to be desired, but they've proven consistently it does. It, it, the defense can get you a stop here or there, and that's all you need. This UTSA team is scary in this AAC. I love UTSA. Uh, Frank Harris, obviously, is uh, um, probably the only guy who can rival uh, who can rival Michael Pratt. But you know, you still have Cephas. You still have Clark on the outside, and I understand that losing Zakari Franklin does hurt. But you, it's you know, you still got you still have weapons out there. Um, Barnes at running back. I, I know I, I love McCormick. I think Barnes is going to be just fine. The offensive line is back. It's experienced. I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I I get that they have a new OC. I don't think that that's going to really hinder them in any way. I think that UTSA, um, for me, is the favorite in the conference. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think I think they'll be in the uh, in the title. Game. Yeah, I agree. Um, and they're, I think they actually win off. the conference. They're the most likely winners. I, I, I'm i going to bet Florida Atlantic because I know there's going to be a ton of value there, but I, I think my, I think my biggest thing is they have, and I don't even, I don't even know if it's all that close. They have the best mix of offense and defense. Yes. They have, they have plenty good defense and we know what they can do on offense. I think they're the only truly complete team. And I don't think there's a defense in the AAC that can really stop them. Yeah, it, I, I, I agree. It is points, points, points uh, in the AAC. Folks, turn on a little bit, a bit of CBS Sports. You'll be watching some AAC this year. ESPN, the Ocho, it'll be on there. Check it out. JVD, thank you for putting in the work, the effort. We we got to get out of degenerate hours coming up later this week. We're going to talk some horses running in circles because that's definitely not a degenerate thing. Um, Man, and we're going to welcome – eh, maybe. Belterra on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, it's a, it's a yeah, king's sport, sport of kings. You got to do what we used to do, uh, me and Chris, when – this is like way back in the day. We would go to uh, – actually, I don't think Chris did this, but – I know I did this before. You go to Wheeling Island Dogs during the day and then go hit up the Mountaineer card at night. Now that was a degenerate double, daily double. The fact you don't have PETA outside your door right now is a mild miracle. Hey, listen, man, those those Wheeling Island Dogs, man, that was the, that was the best way to go. 20 races, starts at 1 o'clock, ends just in time to get you to Mountaineer for the opener. Dude, I I never bet dogs until I went to Australia, and they, you know, they have common sense, so they still bet dogs there. Man, it's fun. It's fun. 
You're you're not waiting thirty minutes for a post time, baby. It's, no, it's eight, it's eight minutes to get these races in and out. Yeah, it is fast and furious, and there's twenty of them, and it's phenomenal. Love it, I love it. Um, folks, we're gonna be back. Roberto is coming back from his Poconos trip or wherever the hell he went. He'll tell you about it and how he bought eight different uh, Kelly Green Eagle jerseys. He's amped up. They're they're all hideous, by the way. Every single one of them. Ooh, wow, that's a hot take. Uh, on that upsetting note, for JVD, I am Stu. Take care, brush your hair, and we'll see you after a while.